The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I'd like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 380 videos on our channel. You want to learn real estate? We got that. You want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sebi? We got that. Travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. You want makeup and hair growth tutorials? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will probably be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we are into, and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here, and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter three, page 10. Oh, 110, excuse me. Uh, this podcast has four different segments. We have the life update, episode playback, Donovan's questions, and the topic of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is April 26, and it is 11.48 a.m. Before we get to life update, we like to start off with the screen time. And the reason is because I know if I am not taking advantage of my phone, then my phone is taking advantage of me. So last week, my average was eight hours and 23 minutes per day on my phone. The highest day for my screen time was Friday, which was 11 hours and 36 minutes. Four hours of that was Google Maps. Then the next was an hour for camera and then an hour and a half for uh youtube my average pickups was 105 times per day and my first used app after pickup was youtube and this week my current screen time average is nine hours so far so sunday was on my phone for 10 hours and 48 minutes yesterday was 12 hours and two minutes and today so far has been six hours one thing I've noticed is since we did the craft fair last week, I definitely have not deleted Instagram from my phone. So that's definitely part of the reason why uh, my screen time is so high. Uh, what's your screen time? Um, my screen time, my average for last week is five hours and 56 minutes. And 15 of those hours was Google Maps as my most used app. Um, my second most used app is Instagram for eight hours and forty two minutes, and then music for four hours and twenty one minutes. Um, so yeah, I was on my phone a total of forty one hours for the week. So y'all probably won't know this because I probably would have cut it. I've been sitting here for maybe fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes, something like that. Um, just not really doing anything. Um, just sitting here in the chair. And the reason that is, is because I am conflicted on a recent conversation that me and Melissa had. And the reason I'm conflicted is because, um, Okay, I'll give I'll, I'll give you guys some context. So, Melissa and I had a conversation yesterday, and in that conversation, Melissa had uh, expressed that uh, she feels as though people think that 
people think that I uh, run the candle business or start the candle business or I'm the main driver of the candle business. And she doesn't like that. So that was one thing. Another thing was that she feels as though people think that she doesn't add value or doesn't have a lot of value. People see her as doing nothing. And here's where the, the conflict comes in is because I don't think that that is why she feels the way she does as far as the reason that she gave me. And we had this conversation yesterday. And after kind of talking through it, it seemed a couple of things came up. One of them is that I don't think that she cares that people knows that she's the chemist with her idea that she started them and that she came up with the branding and the name and the uh the fragrances and everything else i think what happened is that there were several instances where melissa would be in the house doing candle things whether it be preparing for a craft fair or uh making candles wrapping the candles things like that and i would be laying in the bed and from my perspective, it seems as though that irritated her. So I don't think that her problem is necessarily with people not thinking that she leads on the candles. I think the problem with that is she feels as though I don't support her in the candles. And whether it's true or not is more or less irrelevant because what somebody considers support somebody else may not consider support and vice versa so i had asked her yesterday you know what do you do you feel as though not what do you think you know not what the history says just what do you feel because as i talked about on the podcast recently um i think that's very important to get to that that information so that's when I asked her, I said, do you feel like I support you, right? And then she started to say, well, I know that you do, and this, you know, I'm like, no, 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 I know, I know that you can show ways that I do, but I'm asking you, do you feel that way? And she said, no, she doesn't feel like that. And I said, okay, well, why don't you feel like I support you in the candles? And that's when she named the reasons that I gave earlier as far as the craft fair, um, the preparation for the craft fair, making the candles, uh, things like that, right? So, more than once, I'll be having a conversation and she will hear me say something in regard to the candles and she'll feel as though I'm taking credit for something that I didn't do and that I should say that she was the one that was the person in charge or whatever the thing might be right and for the longest time i couldn't understand why that would bother her i'm like i don't understand i'm like what do you like do you want me to tell people everything you did in a regular conversation is that how you want me to go about it i'm not really sure so i was you know trying to navigate that so like i said after having the conversation I realized that it has nothing to do with the other people as more so has to do with me and what she wants from me against to feel supported. So here's where the, the conflict comes in, right? So the conflict for me comes in because in those instances where she felt like I wasn't supporting her. For it's actually one in particular. One example was we had I think we were doing two craft fairs in a weekend, so it was going to be three days of craft fairs. And she had asked me to help out because normally, like I said, I'm usually laying in the bed. I'm not helping out, and she's usually doing it by herself. And she had asked me to help melt the tops of the candles uh, for you know candle people. What that helps to do is. Um, 
it helps to find bubbles or gaps in the candle and then when you melt them you melt them into the bubble or into the gap and you kind of refill it back up for the candle people out there and uh so i'm i'm doing that i'm, I'm melting the tops of the candles right and then i think uh before i'm finished i go to sleep right the craft fair is the next day so i go to sleep i might not think it was like maybe like one i think um and Melissa was doing the larger candles. I was doing the smaller candles. So I went to sleep with the expectation of doing it in the morning. And Melissa ended up doing it herself. So that was an instance where she felt like she could not rely on me because I am not. She didn't feel supported. She didn't feel like she could rely on me in situations where she would need my help and whatever the candle, whatever the candles need at that point, right? And I knew that she felt like that, not because she had said anything. I just, you could just feel that. And the other time was just usually, like I said, if she's packing the candles or wrapping them or whatever the case might be, I'm usually involved about maybe less than 1%. I might pass her scissors. I might, you know, uh, pass her a stick, something like very, very, very minimal to pretty much nothing. Right. And in those instances, I also realized that, okay, she wants me. She Again, I could tell just by sensing it, she feels like I'm not supporting her in those times. And I would tell myself that. I know that that was happening, and I was like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. And that's where the, kind of the conflict comes in because I understand but without her telling me that that's how she feels, but I didn't do anything about it. So... That is, uh, like I said, it's like, like a three-part uh, conversation of conflict. So that that's one. Um, the second thing is where, it, in terms of adding value, a lot of times I will, either in conversation, joking, in passing, or eat, probably here on a podcast, I'll say, I'll probably say something along the lines of, if we break up, I'll be fine. I'll figure something out, you know, if that would happen. And the reason that I say that is after obviously doing some reflecting, the reason that I say that is because I think it's somewhat of a, I don't know if I'll call it a defense mechanism per se, um, but here's how I view it. I'm trying to paint a picture like this. I don't want to make that full commitment all the way around because of things I've been through in the past. And not only things I've been through in the past, but what I know about women and how women interact with men. So because of that, I will say, you know, things like that all the time. Just like, yeah, women do what you do. Like that, it's not uncommon to find somebody else that does what you do. Um, and my reason for saying that before was don't rely on just us being together as we're going to be together forever. That's what I would, that's the reason I would say it because I don't want to date somebody that doesn't grow because they go, well, you should love me because you love me, and that should be it. So I would always say things like, listen, yeah, you might cook and yeah, you may be attractive, but a lot of girls cook and attract. That's not a very um, high value skill. It's not something that has a high value in the workplace of dating. So that's the reason why I would say that's because I would hate to be in a situation where I am fully in it or committed. And by that, I mean, you know, I would say going over the top pretty much and because Here's the problem I'm having right now saying this because I don't feel like I'm not committed. I have no problem marrying Melissa. I have no problem having kids, having the business, obviously, as you guys see here, and building things with her. But if somebody were to ask me, hey, Donovan, do you think you and Melissa will be together forever? My natural response is to go, maybe. I don't know. That's my natural response. And a natural response like that, as well as though it may be true, it doesn't make her feel as though she has value to me because i'm just like yeah maybe i would that would be nice if we are um 
So it's that kind of thing that I'll do a lot. Where it's like, hey, somebody, somebody might make a joke. I'm just like, ah, you know, who knows? Maybe if she does, I don't know. You know, that kind of thing. So that's part two of the conflict. And then part three would be, and this all falls into the line of making her feel safe. If somebody is talking about Melissa, you know, in any context, whether it be a girl, I'm on the phone with somebody or a guy, you know, on wherever, you know, I usually just brush it off because I'm like, it's not serious. They're not directly insulting her. And it, to me, it's not an issue, right? And then this is where the conflict comes in because that's how I feel. That isn't how she feels. So now here's the overarching conflict, how all these three things coming together, right? And this is kind of one of the topics I have for the day is where I feel as though women would rather feel safe than actually be safe. And that philosophy or ideology doesn't actually resonate with my core being because i don't believe in posturing i don't believe in you know all you know people say the whole rah-rah being loud thing so you can appear as though you are strong or not scared of whatever the case might be i don't really believe in that however i would i would say i would bet this that the majority of women women will feel safer with a guy that is like that and whether the guy can protect her or not, if he acts like he can, if he does all the posturing, the yelling, the quote macho man stuff, the woman will feel like, oh, yeah, I feel safe with him again, whether it's true or not. And that's kind of how I approach my life, because I might talk about this before in a podcast, you know, maybe last year, the year before that, where all the things that I feel like I lacked in in a certain area, I would go and purposefully work on those things right one of those things before was my teeth i'm like okay i feel like the thing i'm lacking in is my teeth i'm gonna go and get that fixed i'm gonna i went and got braces i went to go get the implants everything did all of that and then i'm like okay i can do that same thing with basketball same thing with talking to girls same thing with working same things with learning how to communicate all of those things i'm like okay i want to get better at these things i'm going to go and improve on these things the reason i say that is because I don't want to be with somebody and they're telling me, oh, no, Donovan, all of that is fine. You don't have to have money. You don't have to, you know, fix your teeth. You don't have to do any of those things. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And then they're going to somebody else and saying, I hate these things about him. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, why not tell me those things and I can work on them as opposed to you just whenever we're around, you just act like it doesn't exist. And that's how I like to kind of approach everything, because then at that point, I know that there will actually be no gaps. It won't be that people act like there are no gaps. I actually want there to be no gaps in my personality or my character or anything like that. So I actually go and try to make sure that those things are not there. So this is where the conflict comes in, because I believe to make Melissa feel safe, I would have to posture. I would have to do things that are out of character for me to make her feel as though nothing is wrong. Because here's how I handle things. If, if we're gonna lose the house, I'll say, hey, I think we're gonna lose the house. If we're not gonna, if, if I don't have the money for rent, I'm saying, hey, I don't think we're gonna be able to pay rent this month. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or act as though everything is fine because there's a problem that needs to be solved. I would rather deal with feeling uncomfortable because I know I'm working towards the problem as opposed to just pretend like there is no problem. Because another thing that I would hate is to tell Melissa, we're gonna be together forever. And then for some reason we break up and then she says to me, but I thought you told me it's gonna be together forever. So now my response to that has to be what? Uh, well, I thought we was. You know, that was my plan. I, you know, I, I hate, I, I don't want to be in that, in that situation. So that's one of the reasons why 
I usually just say, I hope we are. I think we are. We should be. Um, and I was reading this book. Uh, I think this one was The 40 Laws of Nature a couple months ago, right? And it was just talking about, you know, being a leader. And there's another conflict I have, which is why, like I said, I was sitting here for like 20 minutes just kind of thinking about all of this. What is a leader? And why would someone want to be a leader? Is a leader somebody that's supposed to take on the stress of the stress of everyone else as well as themselves with without like an outlet for that stress is that what a leader is supposed to do um and if it is what is the upside of doing that because from my from my experience you know from listening to either podcasts or talking to people um as far as what a man being a man what a man should be is that you are supposed to keep any issues to yourself to protect everyone else around you. And if someone else is going through something, you tell them it's going to be okay, even if it's not going to be okay. And for me, th that doesn't make sense to me. So I don't, I don't understand that. I would rather say, hey, things are not okay, but we're going to make them okay. We're going to try our best to make them okay. That's how I look at it. However, for somebody following that leader, they wait, They may not feel safe because they're like, okay, well, you don't really know what we're going to do. I don't really know how I could get behind that. It's a, this is, like I said, it's a, it's a conflict that I'm having because that's where, you know, politicians are come from that same cloth where they're posturing to appear as though they know everything. They do no wrong and people vote for them. Same thing with guys. They're like, okay, this is the person I want to be with. This is who I want to vote for because they act like nothing is wrong. From a, a visceral standpoint, I understand it. Everybody wants to feel safe. You want to feel like nothing is wrong. The person that is telling you that they're perfect, you want to believe that everything is perfect. And you would rather, people would rather go with that than the person that says, listen, things are not good. And things may not be good, but this is what I would like to do. And that's a, that's a conundrum that I've been, like I said, uh, uh, mulling over. So at the end of that conversation that Melissa and I had yesterday, um, I had told her that I understand why she's bothered um, by the three things I named. And... I know that having her feel supportive, feel the support would then trickle down into her feeling as though I'm a part of making the candles. And then it's just another thing I almost forgot too, is because of how I look at business and wanted to expand to making a million, a hundred million, a billion, 10 billion, she has said that she would feel as though if the candles were to get to that people would see how big the candles grew right and i'm listening to her talk and then she kind of has said that she would be dwarfed by that and if I grew it to that, then what is her value at that point? She doesn't feel like, okay, well, if you grew the candles from a hundred thousand or let's say 50,000 a year to a million or 10 million a year, then what value do I still bring to the candles? If you were the one that grew it to that, you know, this is my interpretation of it is that she would feel as though she would kind of like fall into the, into the shadow or into the. I want to say like, I want to say like into the darkness, like she would just kind of be removed from, you know, the story or the history of it or whatever. And that's what, it, that's how it sounded at first. Right. And then I realized that it's not necessarily about the candles. It, it you know, it's more so about what will I still see her value if I bring the candles from a million 
towards from a hundred thousand to a million to ten million or whatever. Well, I still feel like she was the reason that we got here. If I was to do that, this ties into the second thing. I don't feel comfortable with making that jump to. I'm hesitating to say full commitment because I don't really feel like that's what it's called, but let's just say, let's use that word. And one of those reasons is because if anybody comes from, you know, the game, if you ever seen Red Pill or Dante Nero, Patrice O'Neal, people like, I don't, I don't watch them, but uh, Fresh and Fit, um, you know, any, you know, uh, the book, The Game, I forgot his name, Neil Strauss, Mystery. There's a lot of people that run game, right? And... If you listen to anybody that runs game on women, they usually have a deep disdain for women. Like it's usually like uh like a very strong visceral reaction to how they feel about women. It's usually negative. And I understand why that is. As a guy, right? I would hate to make this full commitment and then somewhere along the lines she either probably well I'm, it's usually cheating that's usually the thing i feel like most guys are like wow either that or uh some type of blatant disrespect where it's like okay now she is calling you out of your name you know she's being disrespectful in front of your friends guys get into a situation where they feel trapped because it's like okay do i leave my wife who i've been with for 10 years and we have kids with and to abandon them because then if you do that, everybody looks at you like you're the wrong person. People tell the guy to just deal with everything. If she's abusing you emotionally or verbally, you can't hit her, you can't leave, and you're supposed to still support her. And it's like, from a guy's perspective, we look at it like, that don't make any sense. Like, so I can't, my, I can't leave her because we have kids and uh, I will be weak for leaving. Why are you divorcing your girl, your wife? Well, because she was talking crazy to me. People go, what, bro? That's crazy. You just going to leave her because of that? And it just like that. And I was like, okay, should I stay with her because of that? Should, I, should we try and work it out? And it's like, it. That's, how, that's the guy's perspective. It's like, okay, we don't want to commit to a woman because a lot of times we have seen that women will test you emotionally on a regular basis and at no time again it goes back into posturing anytime you're not posturing then a woman will go okay i'm gonna test your manhood today i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do a prank on you and call you a bitch i'm a you know embarrass you i'm gonna start acting on public i'm gonna start making little jabs at Whatever thing that they feel like is going to bother you, they're going to do that on a regular basis. That is the reason why I, like I, said, I understand how guys are. And for me, it's like, okay, knowing that, having that information, can, having it, seeing it, and testing it, and seeing that that is what happens, right? How do I have this information, see that this is what happens, and then go, okay, I want to fully commit to this thing. That's the conflict that I personally have. I can't speak for every other, for other guys. That's the conflict that I have because most guys, from my experience, want to just relax. Like that's I, that is the thing that I have seen the most. Most guys just want to be able to chill and be regular and not have to be posturing all the time. But that is not when you do that. Women are known to then test you. And now you have to go, okay, she's testing me because I'm not posturing. I'm not pretending to be this caricature of what a man's supposed to be. So now I got to do that. Now I got to act like this strong man to make her feel better. But now what that is, is you just harbor in all this feeling and resentment until I, what, until you either have sex or you have some type of outlet, which may be cheating. And you just kind of like, all right, well. All right, I got to go back over there and, you know, be this caricature what a man's supposed to be. So these are the conflicts that I'm having um, just because I feel like I, I am definitely wrong in not supporting 
the candles when I know and those instances that she would feel unsupported. That one I, I'm, I'm fully on board when I understand. As far as making her feel safe, that one for me is where it gets kind of muddy because anytime that she does not feel safe will then reflect back well it will then come back to me in some type of whether you know some type of comment or stressful situation whatever the situation might be it'll come back and that's how people end up in situations like will smith like that's literally how that happens like every guy knows what's probably happening behind closed doors with will smith you're 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 chilling your girlfriend, your wife say something to you like, oh, man, I can't believe you let Chris talk about me like that. Or, oh, man, you know, Tupac wouldn't have did that. Or, oh, man, a real man would never let a woman talk to her like that, as his wife like that. Right? And you're sitting there. And you're like, okay. So, like, you do it. Like, we married. So, like, do I get divorced because you're saying these things? Do I go to fuck somebody else because you're saying these things? Or do I have to go now go and beat this guy up because he's saying these things? Okay. So, now... I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go into this macho mate uh, faith and go slap this guy because he made a joke about you. And like I don't know if you guys have seen it, but for most women, they were like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, I I understand why Will Smith did that. Every man was like, "That is not that's crazy. Like that is not how that works." Things like that is just what fuels the the, the conversation in my head of what constitutes making a woman feel safe and to what degree is that my responsibility as the guy in a relationship because like i said at what point is it are jokes if you feel comfortable by a joke should i have to check somebody over a joke if you feel as though because here's how i look at him personally if it's not a direct attack on you that is physical or blatantly disrespectful where they're attacking you verbally i'm to me i'm like hey you have to figure out how to deal with that because that's not something that unless it's something that's really personal that's not something that i feel as is a responsibility for the guy however once the, the woman feels unsafe now you have to deal with repercussions of her feeling unsafe, which is usually some type of stressful situation for the guy. That's what I was thinking about for the first 20 minutes of the podcast, because I know that if I try and do the podcast without talking about what I'm, what's on my mind, it takes away from whatever I'm talking about, because I either don't have the energy for it or I'm only thinking about something else while I'm talking about the podcast. Um, so do you want to make any comments about what I said? It sounds like to me that um, with the posturing thing, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that I want you to like address anybody, because that's the example that you use. But um, I guess more so, it would be like saying things more definitively about our relationship but and I, I in my head i'm like okay i don't think that counts as posturing because you're not it's not anything that has to do with anybody else but i feel like it is posturing if you feel like it's not true so there's nothing that i can really say about that so this is how my my brain operates for everybody listening because i was gonna say to melissa um why do you feel unsafe? And you can change the wording if you like. Um, with me not being definitive about our relationship. Because you, yeah, it's, you don't normally say what it is that you want from our relationship. It's more so your, your outlook on things is just kind of like, you know, whatever happens. But... To me, it's kind of like it goes either way, where it's like it doesn't matter to you whether 
we're together or not, or whether you, like, it just, it doesn't, you, you, yeah. So, in my head, there's nothing stopping it from going the other way, because I can't affect that. Which one do you think makes you feel more comfortable or safe? Me speaking definitively about our relationship or buying a house, starting a business, moving in together, um, and kind of planning our future out. But you pretty much say none of those things matter. What do you mean? That's your thought processes. It doesn't matter that we have all those things. It doesn't mean anything. Because if I leave or if you leave tomorrow, it, uh, things will still be fine. So there's no weight on anything. You could still buy a house, start a business, and move in with somebody else who doesn't really matter that much. Okay, so this is uh, a an assumption that I have. Because earlier I said that I am not fully committed and I then I kind of was trying to figure out whether I was or whether I wasn't and as Melissa's talking I'm thinking about it I think I am fully committed I guess you can say fully then right I think I am very committed but I'm not emotionally committed and I think that is some somehow the problem because the reason I say that is in my head logically everything I'm doing is to is well is showing that I want to build with with you and um It's not congruent with what I'm saying. And because emotionally, even as Melissa is is saying what she's saying, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't feel us being together. Like I don't feel it. I want it, I'm planning for it, but I don't feel that. And I think that's, so whenever we have those conversations and I'll say, like she just said, well, there's no weight on that because you know that you can buy a house with somebody else, you can start a business with somebody else, um, you can buy kittens with somebody else. So there isn't, it's not really backed by anything. Um, And I think what, would be the backing would be the substance which would be the emotion um so i think that's that's my assumption of what i think it is and as far as committing to something emotionally i don't really know how that works do you ever feel let me ask you this question do you ever feel like i would make you look dumb Um, you got some hair on your foot. Over on the bottom. Okay. Um, do you ever feel like I could make you look dumb? How like I asked. Do old. <laughs> How to do all time with the pop tarts? What pop? Phone call with the uh, wax. Uh, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Is this too normal? Sure. If you got some more. <laughs> yeah, Instagram. My Instagram? What are you talking about? What, oh, the old pictures? That are you talking about? That are you talking about? Okay. Um, well, I don't think those things make you look dumb. Oh, I'm sure you don't. <laughs> um, see, that's what I'm saying. See, 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 see. This is where the conflict comes in because, all right, so I'm gonna give y'all some context as to what Melissa is speaking about right now.
three things that I asked her if I ever make her feel like she looks dumb. The reason I asked that is because I think that for me personally, that's my biggest issue is committing emotionally and then supporting her, backing her, and then come later down the line is like, damn, Donovan, look at you. You look real stupid now, don't you? Right? And that could be a me thing. I don't necessarily think it's tied to Melissa because I noticed just in my personal life, I don't really commit to anything emotionally. I, I, was, I was thinking about that today, right? Here's a little example. Um, so... I went outside to the car to get some uh, some camera stuff out the car, right? And as I'm leaving the house, there was a spot right in front of the house, right? Right in front of the house. And I'm like, ooh, I could put the car in this spot, right? And the car is parked like two blocks away, right? I'm like, okay, if I get to the car, I could come back. And put the car in the parking spot, right? Now, let me ask you this question. If I was emotionally committed to getting that car in that parking spot, what do you think my, my response would be? Wait. If I wanted to make sure that nobody got that parking spot, mm-hmm. what do you think my response would be? Your response would be to run mm-hmm. to get the car. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. And as I was walking, I'm like, I should probably run to the car to get it to bring it back over here because if i really want that parking spot that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna run to the car get in there as fast as i can spin around real quick and come up this block right i just walked i'm just like well i hope when i get there it's gonna still be there (laughs) (laughs) if if i'm not gonna run i'm not going after the spot right so i'm walking i'm like i always walk a little little brisk walk right i'm looking on my shoulder like okay nobody's coming down the block all right all right so I got to the car. I'm like, all right. Got in. Sped down the block. Right? The spot was gone. Damn. And the guy was walking out of the car as I got there. Damn. Right? So if I ran, I probably would have got the spot. Right? So there, and it's it's very similar to other things. Even with, let's say, basketball. Right? Um, I played somebody in basketball the other day. Right? And... For whatever reason, I it's whenever I play somebody one on one for the most part, I usually even it's not even one on one. It's just basketball in general. I have to really be pushed to commit to something emotionally. And most people that watch me play basketball go down if you look really bored. Like you look like your face is just kinda like, all right, you just out here, just you just shooting, winning in, and that's what it is, right? And for some reason I don't know what it is. I don't want to look like I'm trying. Right? And the car was an example of that. It has something to do with the perception of looking like I tried and then not getting the thing that I wanted. Um, Because I could not look like I'm trying, still be trying, but not look like I'm trying. That way, I could probably say, well, I wasn't really trying. You could see how I was walking, right? I wasn't really trying. And then if I get it, I'm like, well, I didn't even try and I still got it. Right? So, uh, that's something that, you know, I was thinking about. I've been thinking about that for a minute. And honestly, I've talked about that on the podcast before. There's there's some type of push that, like, I, I and this is something that y'all probably don't know this either. One of the reasons why I want to get 10 billion dollars is because i needed to set a goal that was so large that i have to push myself to do it that's one of the reasons why i i set that because i'm like i've pretty much done a lot of the things if not like like 95 percent of all the things i set out to do so but in my head i'm like but I, did i really try to do those things like i did i i know i tried but I never really like committed emotionally, committed fully emotionally to that thing. And if I bring it around full circle to Melissa, it's a very similar situation where I'm not going to be, you know, running after Melissa if she has an open park spot. I'm not doing that. And 
that is part of what the problem is. Um, because Melissa was at parking spot and I told her I wanted her and she goes, you want me? Why you never run to the car? I'm like, well, don't worry. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to the car. I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to get there. I, I, I want it though. It's like, well, how do I know you want it? Well, I'm walking to the car, right? Yeah, but you're not really trying to get to the car. So like I said, Melissa was a parking spot or she was, a, I just imagine her, you know, those, um, what those memes, not the memes, uh, the TikTok filters with the eyes and the mouth. I, I imagine your mouth and eyes on the parking spot talking like, so, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's you. And you'd be like, so you really want me? And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, why are you walking to the car? And I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to get you. And you're like, I don't think you really want me. And I'm like, but I do though. And you're like, mm. and then I get to the car, come back to me, I got you. And you're like, damn, I told you, you didn't want me. So that's, uh, that's something that I uh, have been thinking about, trying to understand better about myself, which is why we have the podcast, so I could flush these ideas and thoughts out. Um, but I do not know why that is. Um, but anything else you wanted to add to that? Yeah. So there's a reason that Melissa doesn't feel like that. I have identified why I feel like she doesn't feel like that. However, I don't know what the tools are to fix that. I don't know what I would look up, how to be more. Mm -hmm. Found a book. Um, you know what I'm gonna do? Um, ooh, you know, wow, that's crazy. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Uh, so, the reason why I'm sighing, because I'm like, I don't even know what I would even read. Like, what would I Google? Like, how to be more emotional or how to uh, show more emotion, right? Because I don't think they have books on that. And if they do, it's probably scientific. Which I, you know, it's just, I think it's going to lead me down the same path I'm on right now, which will be to logically explain, explain my emotion, which is what I'm doing. Like, hey, Melissa, don't you see that I'm doing A, B, C, and D? That means that I... But... The books that I think would probably help me to be more emotional would be uh, more fiction books. That's what I would say. I think that, which I'm not opposed to reading fiction books. I used to read them all the time. Goosebumps, Animorphs, okay? Uh, manga, anime, all that stuff. And I think because they are written differently and they're probably written with more emotion. And I think that will help me to probably understand more about how to communicate those things and not even not, not even know how just to switch the reason as to why I'm currently not communicating that way. Cause like, am I scared? Is that what it is? You shook her head. She shook her head. Yes. But I don't know. Am I, what am I scared of? I'm sorry, I just say yes. Yeah, no. But I'm like, I'm like, what am I scared of? Am I scared of being, I don't know, because it's like, it sounds like you don't want to be wrong or look like you made a mistake, but you be wrong, you make mistakes all, all the time. Right? And I was so. walking down the street thinking that same thing. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, it's not, my issue is not being wrong. My issue is looking like I was being right and being wrong. That's my issue. That's that's literally what it is. That's what it is. Because, yeah, that's what it is. That's 100% what it is. Because that falls into the assertive category. That falls into, like, things that you do in the past. I feel like to assertively tell you what to do and then you get hurt. Do I still be assertive with telling you what to do? I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's what it is because, um, yeah, and same thing in basketball. It's the same thing in basketball. It's the same thing. And that, you know, for you guys also, that is one reason why I started saying the thing about the billionaire on the podcast for that reason is just because I keep a lot of that stuff in, but it's weird because like I said, I don't, if somebody were to ask me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie and feel like, oh no, I'm not good at that or I'm not better than that person at that thing but to jump out the gym and just be like do this and do that and do this and do that 
and be wrong. That is that is honest. That's my biggest problem right there. Yeah, I feel, I don't know. For me, it kind of gets to the point where I was like, I don't even care what happens. It's like, I feel that this is what I feel like you should do. This is probably, like, I don't know. That what if you're wrong? If I'm wrong. That's my issue. I feel like if I feel that strongly about it, I'm probably not wrong. I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's crazy. Because a lot of the feelings has to come with some something logical, something of the sort. Yeah, but you can still be wrong. I mean, I mean, I've, I've seen you be wrong before. It's not like it's impossible. I'm not saying that it's impossible to be wrong. I'm just saying that I don't think that would stop me from. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't stop you. You still, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you still do it. Exactly. Right, but that's that's that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That if I feel it strongly enough, I will stand behind that feeling. And if I'm wrong, that's something I would deal with afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, that is uh, an interesting character trait, which is why <laughs> I said that. <laughs> which is why I also have one topic that all women in my life are assertive. Because that's not my character. My character is not to be wrong over and over again. Well, it's... Who do we not... Listen, the bell strike twice... <laughs> You know? Bell strike twice? What does that mean? Oh, are you talking about the clock? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're strong and wrong. That's what I'm saying. And I'm like, like I said, that. Something strikes the bell. So that's what right. The Bells be striking clocks twice at 4 a.m. and 2 a.m. Right. So, like I said, and it's, it's weird because, I mean, that's the thing. I can do it, but that's not my being. Um, I would much rather like to analyze a situation. It's kind of like if I'm wrong, I'll try to be right next time. I hear you. What if you're just wrong again? Just wrong again? How many times? <laughs> <But> that, <laughs> if I'm wrong that many times, I probably won't listen to my intuition anymore. But that's what, but see, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm wondering is, come, that's what I was thinking about too. Is it because I've been wrong a lot? But I don't think I've been wrong a lot though. Been right a lot of times. I think you just don't definitively be saying things. Right. Because that means you have to back a decision. And if it goes wrong, I guess it just double backs on you being wrong. Okay, so I think I think assertive people just be saying things to say things because <laughs> I think there's no logic behind it. <laughs> They just feel it and go with that. Go, damn, that's crazy. All right, let's try again. See, what would make... Can I give Melissa a formula that would make you feel safe? Bruh, you don't, you don't even say that shit probably to me. Like, what, what you mean? Because we, it's, it's the same reason. Because, and this is what I said earlier, too. If we break up and you come to me and you go, Donovan, you told me... How about that? I won't say that. You're not going to... But you are. Because you know what's going to happen? And 20 people are like, damn, I told you I wasn't going to say it, but I did. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> You're like, oops. <laughs> I know I wasn't going to do that, but uh, yeah. It's your fault. What? Right. That's what's going to happen. That's what will happen. 100%. 100% will happen. Uh, but you told me I wasn't going to do that. Well, you know. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. Is that how I'm I don't think so. Yes. I know. Uh, it's my parking spot. Let's uh, you know, let's analyze this and then. Listen, like I said, that is that is something. There is something there. Um, so. So does that mean you're about to tell the whole wide world that you love me and What was the other one? The last part? No, I'm not telling that. I gotta I got write a formula for that first. <laughs> as to how that would work. Um, so, yeah, this podcast, let me see. I got some life update stuff. Um, just, I guess, two things. We went to Philly, and, bruh, bruh, they put the tiles, they put the wrong tiles in the bathroom, bro. The whole bathroom wall had the wrong tiles. And we bought tiles for the bathroom. And 
I called him and he's like, well, we didn't have enough. I'm like, bro, you have eight other boxes sitting right here. He's like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, take take the other ones off the wall. Like, <laughs> we don't want those on the wall. Like, they had the subway tiles. You can look them up. We actually got um, Carrera, I think it's white polished or matte polished tiles. Um, they kind of look like quartz uh, or marble. And I'm like, bro, there's a reason why we got these tiles. We didn't get these tiles just to, for them to, you know, be in the house. We want them on the wall and on the floor. Um, so that was kind of like, bruh. And then we also got the doors are put in. So that's great. We have these pocket doors, which is fire. Pocket doors are amazing. We're going to go to church. We're going to go to Philadelphia on Thursday and we're going to pick up the cabinets, hopefully, because we went there last week. And when we were there, they were saying pretty much that they have like 90% of the items in the store. So we can actually just buy them in the store and bring them to the house. Um, the other ones, we probably have to drive around and find them. But that's pretty much what we're looking at for right now. So I said, that's something I'm super excited for. Um, and then, because like I said, we have that. When we were there, there was a guy doing the basement. So the, ba the basement getting tiled. Um we were actually also able to raise another $30,000. So I'm hoping that that's enough to finish everything. Um, you know, we were talking about it for a while. That is what our uh, family able to help us out with. We were calling all, all of our family, calling everybody. And that, uh, that came in handy. So um, what's next we have to do? Um, so, all right, so I would buy the stuff from Lowe's and then buy some stuff online. Uh, and I said, hopefully, hopefully we're going to be done very, very soon. Um, I don't really know what comes after kitchens and bathroom type stuff. Yeah, I don't really know what comes after the kitchens and bathrooms. I think they're going to do the exterior. Before, we talked about making it white, but we decided to go with just brick. So, just kind of take off the paint that's there and just have it be the brick. I like that idea because it's. I feel like it's cheaper and it still looks nice. And when the area becomes uh, more renovated or more whatever, gentrified, um, it'll look good. So, the craft fair last week, we tried something new on a Sunday. We did like a raffle. Um and it was fun we got a lot of we didn't make a lot of money that day because we were just focusing solely on that for the whole day we made like 120 dollars but on sunday we made 640 which has been our goal um so we're kind of playing around because we're building out the instagram and trying to you know we're building more followers and things like that so we are actually considering doing like a raffle every week for uh anybody that has followed the instagram m-b-u-r-c-a-n-d-l-e uh yeah so we think about doing that like everybody that's follow every week we might do like a raffle giveaway type of thing so that'd be kind of fun so yeah last week intro last energy america is top three in population which is crazy i did not know that is it top three i think it's yeah it's top three i think nigeria's number four or five so that, you know i thought i'm surprised how big nigeria is that's that's the most crazy thing to me i didn't know nigeria was that big um which is so crazy like that's so crazy to me that nigeria is that big it's like the size of, almost the size of fucking America. It's crazy. Um, that shit just blows my mind. Last week I said that I think America isn't even top 10 or something like that. They're definitely number three behind Indi India and China. And then it's us. And then I think it's uh, Nigeria. I actually, I had a Donovan's question I was going to go through. But because we spent a lot of time talking about... Um, relationship conflicts and also do some self-reflecting on my on my life and understanding myself better we went over that time so next week i'm definitely going to bring it up where is it um we were what he said um, oh it's winston all oh, things electrical on youtube borrowing money from family versus having a family member just give you money and i i'm just curious before i'm not gonna get into it but which one do you think is better um borrowing family from money borrowing money from family or borrowing money from a bank Personally, yeah i think that's what i would say too he said from family so i want to go more into that next week to kind of explain why me and Melissa both think what we think um 
so we will be back here next tuesday you can find all of the behind the scenes content on our social medias mine is donovan gray d-o-n-i-v-a-n-g-r-a-y and my phenomenal beautiful amazing girlfriend anita burn a-n-e-t-a-b-u-r-n you know what it is hashtag bamboo project 2022 is going to be a movie and with that being said bamboo project 2022